Welcome to the show. You are listening to Podcast Handstand, the gymnastics podcast solely dedicated to the recreational gymnastics world. I am your host, JR. It is Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Today, we're going to talk about special events in your gym. So let's start the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are on our regular schedule once again, and because today is Valentine's Day, I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about special events that you can host in your gym. These events are some of my favorite things that I used to do when I owned a gymnastics facility or when I worked at a gym. We're going to break these down into three categories. I have my weekly special events, I have my monthly, and then I have my annual or biannual events. We're going to start with the weekly. One of the things that became very popular in the gymnastics facility that I owned for 10 years was open gym. Now, I know depending on where you're at geographically and the population of your gym, this could be kind of a hit or miss at first. So I just encourage everybody to take the time to nurture an event like open gym because it may not necessarily start off as something very successful, but over time, if you play your cards right and you market it the right way, it could be something that provides a pretty good amount of extra revenue to your gym. At my facility, I tried a couple things before I found the one that really worked for me. I started off doing it on Saturdays, and I do need to preface this by saying that our open gyms were designed to just be a, a free-for-all, just come and play and have a good time. I know that some gyms will only do open gyms to allow team kids or people who need to work on legitimate skills or routines. But for my purposes, I didn't want to limit the types of people or the amount of people that I could have in an open gym. So it was just a free for all. I would have people that came in and they would work on skills, but for the most part, it was playtime. And I was totally fine with that. It was chaos, but it was controlled chaos. Tried it on a Saturday initially, and it wasn't really picking up as much steam as I had hoped. So we changed it to a Friday evening. And in the community that I was in, it was a south suburb of Denver. And it's a great area because in the wintertime, there's a lot of snow, it's cold outside, and so people are looking to do things that are indoors. So I initially would start it at 7 o'clock, and it would end at 9 o'clock, two hours of time. I made sure that all the classes on Friday were done by 7 o'clock. It's really important that if you want this to be successful and you want to utilize the entire gym, you're going to allow for just the open gym folks to be there, not trying to coincide or work around a team that might be in there practicing because it's not fair to the team. And it really isn't fair to the people who are coming to do open gym that you're limiting them to a certain area of the gym when they expect to be able to play in the whole place. So seven to nine o'clock. At the time, I would charge $7. I think if I was doing this again, I would charge at least $10 now. It didn't involve food or drinks or anything else. It was just two hours of play. Now, I got lucky because at one point, we had a, a group of trickers that came in. And trickers are, I, I would like to compare them to free runners, parkour, 
you know, kind of in that element, but it is its own speciality. And they were looking for a place to come and do a class. I suggested instead, why don't you start coming to Open Gym? It's from seven to nine. And it's a pretty minimum amount of money versus if we were to open a class for you. And that is really when my Open Gym exploded. And I started having 100 kids every Friday night for Open Gym. We would cap it at 100. I'd have anywhere from eight to 10 staff working. And it became this. This place on a Friday night, people were going consistently, especially in the wintertime when it was cold outside. People wanted to be doing something, and it it was an event. And we'd have a line out the door. We'd have to have two or three people at the front desk to get everybody in as fast as possible. And it really did become something very successful. One of the things that I helped with promoting this is that I did a kind of like a I call it like a frequent flyer plan, but it was a frequent attendance plan. And I created these these gym bucks. So the name of my gym was 20 Mile Athletic Center, and we made 20 mile bucks. And I had the local printer print these out, and I had fives and ones. And basically, every time they came in and they paid for an open gym, I gave them $5 and 20 mile bucks. Once they had $25 of those bucks, they got to come in for free. We would also give these out for other events for maybe larger increments of money, but it was like having cash. And I will tell you that I don't know if it's just because the money looks so real and we promoted it so much. We we turned it into this thing and it became so popular. People were always talking about how much how many 20 mile bucks they had. And people were asking, Hey, can I borrow some 20 mile bucks so I can get into open gym for free? We didn't let anybody in for free. So if you were a team kid, you still had to pay, but people that were coming consistently, like they come five times, they get a free open gym on their sixth visit. And it was just like clockwork. People were bringing out the bucks. They were like asking for them, making sure I need to get, make sure I get my 20 mile bucks whenever I pay. And it really did help promote. And I will say there was a tie-in to those 20-mile bucks that I'll talk about later when we talk about monthly events. But it really was something that kind of catapulted. And parents could drop their kids off for two hours for seven bucks while they wouldn't have had dinner. It's way cheaper than a babysitter. In the open gym, you know, like usually the way we ran it is the first 15 minutes, the coaches would have all the kids on the big floor and they would be playing games. This allowed for a couple different things. One, the older kids who are working on more difficult skills would be able to go to the pit area. And in our gym, we had built a pit up on risers. So we had kind of like a platform and we weren't able to dig holes into the ground for a pit. So we created one above ground. So our trampolines and our tumble track and rod floor and vaulting area was up there. So we would have a coach take those older kids that wanted to work on some more difficult things up there while everybody else was on the floor going over or playing games. At 15 minutes after, everybody came to the floor, sat down, and we went over rules. And we went over rules every single week. Proper way to walk across a gym floor, how we jump into a pit, making sure that people understood how we jump on the trampoline, rope climbing. If you go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom and you come back in, you don't play, never go outside. Every single time we went over these rules and it didn't matter if every single kid in there had been there a hundred times, they were going to hear those rules. And we also made sure, and we waited until 
the games were over at 15 minutes after for allow for any late comers who came in that they wouldn't miss the rules. And then we just let them play. And then every 15 minutes, the coaches would rotate stations. And then at the end, everybody would go home. The staff would clean up, making sure that it's clean, cleaner at the end of the night than it was when they started. And it went great. It was very, very successful. And I will say for an owner at uh, for a while, I just like, I'm only going to pay myself a percentage of what we make an open gym each week. And that was the only salary I made for a for quite a while. And it was great. It served uh, a purpose. I was able to save money in other ways and it limited me to a certain budget. But if I have a hundred kids coming in at seven bucks a pop, that's $700 every Friday night that I'm making. So um, I do want to preface that my gym was 15,000 square feet so I could accommodate a hundred kids. It was a great time. I loved it. The other weekly event that we had in our gym was birthday parties. And birthday parties, again, are something that can be hit or miss, but I will tell you the best advertisement that you can get from a birthday party is word of mouth. A very happy customer, a happy parent is going to go tell all their other parent friends, this is a place to take your kids for a party. And here's why ours were special. I learned how to host a gymnastics birthday party from probably the best gymnastics party people out there. And that's from ASI Gymnastics. It's a gym that I worked at in Dallas in the early 2000s. And they would run six parties every Saturday and Sunday. It was down to a fine tooth comb, the way that they ran it, very efficient. And parents were always very happy. So I just basically modeled what we did after what ASI did. And basically, it's with the idea that when you come to a party at my gym, parents do not have to do anything. We do everything for you. So we had our party room. We had windows in the front of the gym that allowed us to be able to see out into the parking lot when a family would come in. Our staffers were required to go out and introduce themselves to the party parents and then bring all of their stuff in with the goal of not having the parents lift anything. We're going to do all that for you. Once everything's in, we set everything up for you. There are some type A parents who just want to be involved, or there's a few times that they didn't want us to do anything. You know, we're going to reinforce that we are there to do all the work, but if they absolutely do not want us to touch their stuff and, you know, whether it's a germ thing or just they want to do it, that's fine. At any point, I'm here to help you and I will stay in the room with you. But we set everything up and the parents could just relax. We made sure that the kids did not go out and play until it was time to start. And we would do a party on Saturdays at 1, 3, and 5. And then on Sundays, it would be 12 and 2. So the parties were an hour and a half long. We did an hour out in the gym. And then we did 30 minutes in the party room. Most often, the party room would end a little early and they would be able to then go out and play a little bit longer. But 90 minutes, 30 minutes for cleanup and enough time for the next party to come in. And if you do it right that can really allow for three parties versus two. Now, I think one of the biggest things that I think we did differently at our parties is we had a huge inflatable that took up the entire 42 by 42 floor, and it was in three sections. It was a pain to roll out and then to put back away, but 
everybody loved it and they came for that inflatable. And the way that we would break up our time in the gym is, again, the first 15 or 20 minutes were for games. Uh, organized games on the floor, it allowed for those latecomers to come in and not miss the rules. When the games were over, everybody would sit down. We'd go over the rules exactly as if they were in open gym. Because a lot of the folks who were at birthday parties were not members of the gym. This is when you get that opportunity to introduce gymnastics to people who don't do the sport. They come in, maybe there's the birthday kid who goes to that gym and that's why they're there, but all their friends, this is like the first time they've ever been into a place like that. And so they're super overwhelmed and excited to be there. Every once in a while, you get like a team family that all the kids are part of the gym and that's great, but we still go over the rules every single time. It doesn't matter because there could be one person in there that's new, or maybe you just need to reinforce it because you're getting too comfortable because you're there all the time. After the 20 minutes on the floor, we do 20 minutes of trampoline and pit time. Tumble track was all in the same area. And then we would do 20, 20 minutes of inflatable where they get to play in the inflatable or open gym. So since we'd have two coaches, one coach would be at the inflatable. And if anybody wanted to go anywhere else, the other coach was kind of watching through there. And then they'd go into the party room. We'd serve everything. We'd clean up everything. So when the party room was done. If it was like five or six minutes before time was up, we'd let them go back into the gym so that one party person can start cleaning the the party room while the other one's out in the gym with them. And then the party would be over. I think the, the best thing about hosting birthday parties were it was an opportunity for me to advertise to that group of people who don't do gymnastics. So we printed out these little um, coupons and it was a free class coupon. Now, we gave away like a free trial class for anybody, but we would create this little coupon and we would ask to insert those coupons into the gift baskets or the gift bags that the host would give out to their um, party members, their guests. And everybody went home with a flyer with all our programs as well as a little certificate giving them a free trial class. And we got a lot of new clients that way. It was a great way to just market to that, that other group that normally would probably never even come into a gymnastics facility. What made it special is later on when we'd start getting birthday parties from people who weren't clients. Hey, we're just calling to book a party because we heard this party was so great. Or we don't do gymnastics, but we came to a party that you hosted and we loved it so much. My kids wanted to do their party there. That's what we want. And the the more happy customers you get, especially when it comes to parents, moms, they're going to talk to their other friends. This was a party where I didn't have to do anything. I just got to relax and have fun. So those are the two things that I did on a weekly basis that ended up creating a lot of revenue for us. But above anything else, it allowed for people who were not usually in gymnastics classes to be able to come in and be introduced to gymnastics. On a monthly basis, I would have parents' night out. And normally I would run my parents' night out on the third Saturday of every month, unless there was some like major holiday that was conflicting with that. And on a normal schedule, I would run them from the beginning of a school year, which would be September until May. I may have one during the summer, but most often I took the summer off because we were in an affluent area where a lot of people traveled a lot. 
And it just seemed like when we did that first summer of Parents Night Outs, there wasn't a lot of people attending. Every once in a while, we do one right in the middle of the summer as like a, a summer blast off, something that included a lot of like water, water balloons, water slides. But for the most part, we took the summer off and it allowed for our staff to have a little extra time as well. And the way that we designed our Parents Night Outs, they were three hours. We would do 6 to 9 p.m. It included food, which we ordered pizza. And what I did is I just called all the local pizza places and I said, I'm the owner of a gymnastics facility. I'm looking for a place that's going to give me the best deal on pizza. I will be ordering anywhere from 15 to 20 pizzas once a month, nine, 10 months out of the year. What can you do for me? And we found Little Caesars gave us their regular pizzas for $4 a pizza. And it was great. It ended up being like this relationship that we cultivated and we kept for the entire 10 years that I owned the gym. They deliver it. It was great. We would usually have extra snacks depending on what the themes were. And this is where what we did was was special and a little above and beyond what other gyms in the area were doing. We really went all in on the themes that we created. One of the most popular themes, and again, I'm going to give credit to ASI Gymnastics because they did this as a parent night out and it was always successful for them. We would do a mall night. And those 20-mile bucks that we talked about earlier, we printed off larger denominations, 10s, 20s. I had a couple hundreds that were printed. And I basically just bought all this stuff. And we kind of recreated like what looks like a mall. So we had tables all over the gym. We'd have like the candy store. And it would just be filled with a bunch of different candies. And they weren't expensive stuff. Like we'd have a little higher-end items. But for the most part, I got big bags of stuff from Amazon or from Sam's that didn't cost me a lot of money. We would have like the toy shop and we'd have like some, some little small toys with a few bigger ones in there. We had a clothes shop. We'd give away a couple of leotards. We'd have like some shirts from our pro shop. We just had these little, these little areas that kind of look like very specific stores. And when people came in, everybody started off with 50 bucks. And then from there, they could earn additional money or if they had money saved from their open gym, they would be able to use that. And it, it was great because not only was it fun because they were able to buy things, but it actually taught them how to like, okay, I'm going to need to save. I have $50. I see something over there that I want that's going to cost $100. I need to work and earn another $50 somehow because we do like little challenges or games or there were other things that the kids could do throughout the night to earn money. And then they'd go shop and then, oh, I have this much left over. I'm going to save this or do I blow the rest of it before I leave so I leave with nothing? It created like these, these kind of cool little lessons for them as far as like how to manage their money. That was by far our most popular parents night out. Another one that was always very successful with boys in particular were we would do Nerf Wars. And I know that it's kind of a touchy subject now. This was like from um, 2000 to 2020 that we would do like a Nerf Wars. Um, they would bring in their Nerf guns, their Nerf toys, and we would set all these mats up and kind of make like it looks like a laser tag area or maybe even like um, paintball. And we would just do like 
competitions between, okay, all the seven-year-olds are going to go against the eight-year-olds or all the boys are going to go against all the girls. And we would just have all this ammo. And like for months after this event, we would find Nerf like little bullets all over the gym. And it was a really great fun, fun time. Now, maybe in the climate that we're in now, maybe it's not appropriate. Maybe it's something you don't feel comfortable doing. You know, I, we did change the name uh, at one point. It was called something else, and then we changed it to Nerf Wars to seem a little less violent. So if you're not comfortable with that theme, that's fine. I can understand how some parents may not want their kids participating in something like that. But it was a great time, and boys love that. And again, I would try to always have a goal of having 100 kids signed up for my parents' night out. Some were more popular than others. We charged... $25 per child for the first child. And then any child after that in the family was $5 off. So if you had three kids, the first kid was 25, the second was 20, and the third was 15. It included the pizza. There were additional snacks usually, depending on the theme, drinks. We'd have like lemonade. We'd have juice and water available for them. It was a great time. Parents had the opportunity to go out and do something for three hours. And I, I, I was very calculated in how I approached the marketing for this particular event. I found that if I called or contacted the parent association from all the elementary schools in my area and said, hey, I have a potential fundraising opportunity for you. I host a parent's night out once a month, and I'm going to be looking for booster clubs or parents parent associations from different schools to kind of combine forces. And what I'll do, if you will market this through your school and send home flyers about our event in your kids' folders that you send home, I will give your organization 2 to $3 per head of every child that comes in. And the, the weeks that we, or the months that we sold out at 100 they're getting three, four hundred dollars, no, two, three hundred dollars, excuse me, two to three hundred dollars just by giving out a flyer to those kids. But what it was, it became this mass marketed event across the school district, and it was free PR for my my gym. And we would have so many kids from very specific schools, like if Sierra Vista was was the the, the school to kind of be in um, partnership with this one event, then all the kids from Sierra Vista would come because those parents know, hey, just by taking my kid to this event and dropping them off, my, my efforts are going to bring some revenue into the parents club. And it became, uh, again, a relationship we cultivated. And over the years, like people were contacting us, hey, I hear that you have this. Can we get on in on this? And every single month, I would have a partnership with a different school. And it ended up working out great. I loved it. So that's what we did on a monthly basis. Then for my annual or semi-annual events, we would do like um, kind of like a, a rec gymnastics recital or we called it like the rec Olympics. I'm sure all of you guys out there have them. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to do for something like this is make it as close to an actual gymnastics meet as possible because some of these kids were never, most of these kids were never going to be on team. They were going to come in and they were going to participate in an event that looked like 
something they saw on TV. And we would teach routines starting about six weeks before the event. We'd have this huge sign up. They got a free t-shirt um, that they could wear either to the event or if they wanted to wear something else. Um, we would have team kids come in and they would do exhibitions. We would have them march in. The national anthem would be played. We would have them march to their first event. We'd have an announcer the entire time. We'd be giving away raffles. We went to local businesses and asked for donations. So we were giving out raffle prizes like every 30 minutes. At the end, everybody came to the floor. We played a big game and gave away a big prize to the one child in each session. And we usually ran two sessions. And it was this amazing event that culminated with the award ceremony. Each child gets their name called. They get to go to the top of the award stand. We had a photographer there that took pictures that parents could then buy. It was this huge event that everybody appreciated and loved. It was a lot of work, a lot of work. And at the end of the day, an event like that doesn't really make a lot of money, but you're not doing it for the money. If you are always looking to make a buck out of every single thing you do, then you're not looking at this the right way. What you're doing is you're giving back a little something to all those folks who spend month after month coming to your gymnastics classes, knowing that they're never going to be on team. That's for many of them. That's not their goal. A lot of them want to be, but it's just not a realistic expectation for maybe financial reasons or talent reasons, but you're giving them this experience that they're going to remember for a very long time. And that's what keeps them coming back. You have grandparents that come, you have friends. So many of these kids would invite their teachers from school to come. And it just, it was one of the the happiest times in the gym um, throughout a year is that specific day. And so just keep in mind that it's a lot of work. It can be a big headache. You're going to have to have parents help you like set everything up. You have to like rent chairs. You have to like buy all the medals, the awards. It's a lot, but it's worth it to the kids. And when parents get to experience something like that and they see that you put on such a detailed event, they appreciate it and it keeps them coming back. I hope you guys do this event in your gym. I'd love to see pictures. I hope that if you don't have an open gym, you currently will consider doing it because that could be a really great source of income. And I paid my coaches really well for these. So if you were the head coach at a parent's night out, you got $50 to $100 for that time. And, you know, if we're talking like 2012, you're working three hours. Like back then, kids were probably making like $12, $15 an hour at the most. But making $50, $100 is, is above their grade of pay and they put a lot of effort into it because they wanted to earn the ability to be the lead coach in that event. So owners, managers, you know, like fight for that higher end pay for these special events because your staff deserves it. If you want them to put a lot of energy into this, then you, you really need to compensate them for it. At the end of the day, these events can really boost your name in the community, and the fun events will just keep kids coming back. Let me know what your thoughts are on these events. Do you do open gym? Do you do parents night outs? What about birthday parties? How's it going for you? I'd love to hear more. You can get me on all the socials. I go by JR, the gymnastics coach. I'm on 
what am I on? Instagram, I'm on Facebook, TikTok, and I have a YouTube channel where you can watch this video live if you'd like instead of listening to my voice. I will see you all next week. I hope your Valentine's Day is filled with so much love and appreciation. And if you don't celebrate Valentine's Day, at least take the time to tell somebody today that you love them. Until next time, I'm JR and I will see you. Have a great week.